Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. The toughest job. I actually, uh, I actually got my title this morning. Um, I come in early to prepare for for morning service and and even just for tonight. And I was praying in my office. I'm, I'm sort of lying. I was praying a little bit, but the WSL, the World Surf League finals day was today and so I was trying to pray trying to study and prepare myself to preach in the morning and trying to watch Kelly Slater win the WSL in Hawaii and it just so happened to be in Hawaii so the timing made it perfect for this morning to be woken up early just to the start of the quarterfinals when when uh, Kelly Slater beats Kanoa Igarashi, then he goes into the semi-final and that was like half an hour later I got to watch that one as well Unfortunately, the final was smack bang in the middle of our morning service this morning. So then I had to watch the, the replay of that this afternoon, which was pretty awesome. And I started thinking about what an incredible job being a pro surfer, traveling the world, surfing. And I, I feel like that would be like the second best job after being a pastor. Uh, just such, a, such an incredible job. And I was, I was just thinking about that. And it, and it led me into the title of my message tonight being the toughest job and I started thinking about what are some of the, the terrible jobs uh, when I was a roof tiler uh, I remember there was a guy that used to come around and pump out all the portable toilets that were on job sites I remember one day a guy pulled up and he's got his truck and he's got a big thing on the back and he takes a pump plugs it in the back of the portable toilet starts sucking what has been sitting in a portable toilet for a number of weeks in a hot Brisbane day you know what the smell that came out of that thing was so bad I was on the roof going Ugh. My, my boss was just spewing off the side of the roof. The smell was so bad. I'm like, that's a tough job. That's a terrible job. I was thinking about how bad that was. I, I, I went to the dump. Uh, JP sent me to the dump recently, a marketplace, and I, I had to go and like, dump some stuff out of the, the truck. When I arrived at marketplace, the smell was bad, but there was a guy sitting on like a front-end loader driving over everything and crushing it in the middle. He's just sitting there, no issues with the smell. I'm getting out of the truck, and I'm... Ugh. This guy's like, meh, back and forth, crushing the smell and making it worse. I seem to feel like some of the worst jobs in the world have smell issues. Uh, I was starting to think back to when I had COVID just recently. I completely lost my sense of smell and started thinking those jobs wouldn't probably be so bad if I had COVID nose all of the time. That would be uh, so cool. I actually remember my dad telling me when he was a kid, there was a person that used to go around to all the toilets at people's houses and pick up the bucket overnight and they dump it into the truck and again all those jobs I think would be terrible jobs the toughest job the toughest job you know what Jesus speaking and, and is challenged by some people and asking the question what is the greatest commandment Jesus replies with this statement that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart and you would love your neighbor as yourself you know, I looked at those and I thought, what's the toughest job out of those two? If I was to walk around this room and ask you what the toughest job is, I feel like most of us would say number two is the toughest job. <laughs> Loving God, that's sometimes really easy, but people, but you all, but people in this room, sometimes it's a tough job to love some people. Listen, I've been a pastor for 25 years. I'm telling you, the toughest job out of those isn't the moment where I'm going, Jesus, I love you. It's like, Jesus, I love that kid right now. I remember being a youth pastor, I wanted to strangle some people. 
I remember one day here in the youth ministry, Bray, I remember this one kid was riding his push bike up the road and swearing at Pastor Kelly and calling her a redheaded lots and lots of different words that go attached to that. And I grabbed the front of the bike and I tried to pick him and the bike up and throw it over the, the black fence beside, you know. Loving God right there was easy. Loving that kid was not so easy. The toughest job is wrapped up in what Jesus says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and you shall love the idiot beside you as yourself. The toughest job is loving people. Loving people is the toughest job that I know. The toughest job that exists in my life and I'm sure that exists in your life. Paul understood this and he wrote to the Roman church. He said, barely would somebody die for an all right bloke. Barely would somebody die for a really good bloke. But while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Jesus loved us. This is the outworking of His love in His death and resurrection for you and I. Jesus loved us so much when we're messed up and broken. This is what He's saying. The simple Australian outworking of this is we wouldn't die for an idiot. We wouldn't die for an all right idiot. But you know what? Jesus died for us when we were the worst idiot in the world. When we were against Him, He died for us because He loved us. Now Jesus is saying, hey, guess what? You've you got to love your neighbour as yourself. I want to talk to you tonight about the toughest job in the world, loving people. Now, before I get into this too much, I've got to just be really clear. I'm not talking about modern day understanding of love. I'm not talking about those little feelings that you get. Ooh, I love that person that you had when you were in grade seven and the cute guy walked into school the only guy wearing deodorant walked into school and you smelled it and he smelled better than everybody else. Ooh, I love that guy. That's not what I'm talking about, love, kind of love here this, this evening. Now, I'm not talking about the love I have between my, me and my wife. That's a wonderful love, 24 years, five years this year of marriage. I'm not talking about just that kind of love. I'm talking about the God kind of love. This is not the falling in and out of love. You know, we think you can fall in and out of love. You can fall in and out of bed. I've got to be really clear about that. But that's not falling in and out of love. Love here, the picture of love, isn't the feelings kind of love. It's an engagement with humanity that God shows us that is outworked through Jesus Christ dying and being resurrected for us. This is the love that's bigger and, and greater than just a statement of love. It's an outworking of love. Uh, this week... I was uh, helping a family, they're moving, and, and uh, I went over to help them take some stuff down to Marketplace, and when I got there, uh, the youngest daughter, whom has the most gorgeous eyes in the world behind Pastor Wendy, that I cannot ever say no to those eyes. When that kid looks at me, I'm just a sucker. So I'm helping uh, them move some stuff, and she looks up and she goes, hey, PT, can we get some Maccas? And like... There's 500 kids in the house at the time. Uh, like every cousin's over, I'm like, girl, I ain't buying you Maccas and everybody else because if I buy it for you, I've got to buy it for everyone. But then she waits till I like carrying something out and then no one else is around. PT, can we go get some Maccas? And I'm like, ah, uh, sucker. I'll, I'll, I'm 100% sucker for those eyes. I'm like, all right, let's go. So I take her and get some Maccas. So we're driving up to get some Maccas and she starts telling me, and I shared this with some people this morning. She starts telling me, hey, PT, I've got a boyfriend. Now, she's nine, everybody. She's nine. And I'm like, how old's his boyfriend? 
you know, like dad straight away into this situation. How old is this boy? He's 10. It's okay. He's only a year older than me. It's good. I'm like, okay. Uh, have you told mum about this boy? No, mum would kick my butt. I'm like, should PT kick your butt? No, PT, you just got to listen. That's mum's job. I'm like, okay, okay. And she's like, you better not tell mum. All right, all right, all right. So we're having this conversation and I'm like, okay, is he a good boy? Yes, he's a good boy, PT. He's a good boy, I promise. Is he good to you? Yes, he is. And so I ask her, how is he good to you? You know what her response was? He tells me he loves me. Okay, okay. That might be all oh, for you, but for a dad, my response is instantly this. Young lady, lots of boys are going to tell you they love you. And let me be honest, most of them aren't going to mean it. They're just going to say, I love you, to try and get something from you, young lady. Let me be really clear. I know you're nine, so we're not going any further with that conversation. But when a boy tells you that he loves you, doesn't mean he loves you. She's like, oh, but he says it all the time. And I'm like, is he nice to you? Oh, no, he just tells me that he loves me. I'm like, okay, let's think about this for a second. If he tells you that he loves you, does he show you any way that he loves you? Oh, no, he just tells me. I'm like, okay, let's look at PT. Do you know PT loves you? Yes. How? You buy me stuff all the time. You take me to Macca's. You buy me chocolate. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Listen to me right now. When a boy tells you that he loves you and he's not willing to show you that he loves you, and she said, oh, he could kiss and cuddle me. Let me be clear, young lady. Kiss and cuddling doesn't show you that somebody loves you. Plenty of boys are going to want to kiss and cuddle you and they don't love you at all. We have the deep conversation that you can have with a nine-year-old around this situation. I'm not talking about this messed up, broken kind of love. And for the young women in the house, especially my daughter sitting over the side, please be listening to what I'm saying today. This is not love. This is not the outworking of it. Got to be really clear. I'm not talking about that love. I'm talking about what we see here in Jesus Christ, agape love. This charity, this giving, this love that has nothing to do with getting. Listen, we think in the world today it's love that pleases me. Love that pleases you isn't love at all. In fact, it doesn't even match up with God kind of love. It doesn't even match up with what Paul's talking about. It doesn't match up with any of this. We're going to be really clear. There's so much more to the picture. And this is why this picture of love is the toughest job that we have right now because it's not about me getting something. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 John, sorry, the Apostle John writes in 1 John uh, about this picture of love and where it fits with our lives. And for a moment, for the next few minutes, let me just quickly run through this with us and help us just to grasp something for our lives and for our understanding. John writes this, beloved friends, let's continue to love each other. He says, since love comes from God. 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 He doesn't say since love comes from my feelings today. He doesn't say since love comes from a nice boy walking in with deodorant on. He doesn't say since love comes because somebody looks at me and winks at me and makes me feel good about myself. He doesn't add that at all. You know, John doesn't even touch on that aspect. He doesn't even go there. He says since love comes from God, everyone that loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God. Listen, because God is what? Love. love. He says God is love. The outworking that you want to see in love here 
is outworked through God in our lives. Can I be really clear? Loving somebody is the toughest job in the world unless we're empowered to love. Listen, I grew up in church. I grew up bitter, twisted, resentful, pastor's kid. And it was impossible to love people. I remember in my own life, in my own journey, in fact, hating plenty of Christians and people around me. I, I was probably the master of just hating on people. I was great at that until I encountered the love of God and something changed on the inside of me. It's the toughest job in the world until something happens in us, something moves in us because love comes from God. Without the empowerment of God, love is actually impossible. The job of loving people comes from the reality that God first loved us and we then reflect God's love into the lives of other people. He goes on, he says, this is how God showed his love for us. How? He sent his only son into the world to die for us. Oh, you need to be really clear about this. The love reflected into the world was reflected with a complete and utter giving with an expectation of nothing in return. With an expectation of nothing in return. This is the kind of love that God wants from us. You want to know why it's the toughest job in the world? He says, I want you to love people like I have loved you. Like I have loved you. He goes on in verse 11 and 12. My dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and love comes completed in us. Perfect love. He says, listen, this is the reflection of love now through you in other people. People don't see God, but listen, they see you loving them through your life and through your engagement with others. God's love in us flows through us. I remember 12 months ago when we first started to wear masks. Does anyone remember that? We first started having to wear masks, and to me... It was completely irritating for one reason. Nobody had COVID. Wearing a mask is to protect you from COVID, but nobody had it. I remember going through like two months where nobody had COVID, but we still had to wear masks in church. Does anyone remember that? And my frustration was, man, wearing my mask is protecting me from giving COVID to someone else that I don't have, and you giving COVID to me that you don't have. Now listen, you all have got COVID now. And so wearing masks is important because I know you all are like infested like I have been in this place. So wearing masks is different now. It's different to what I was there. And now we don't wear masks as much, which is crazy. This is the thing here. He's saying, listen, if love's not in you, you can't let it flow through you. This is the toughest job in the world. If love isn't in you, it doesn't flow out of you. This is what the Apostle John is showing us. He actually goes on and says, here, this is how tough this job is. This is how we all, that we know that we're living steadily and deeply in him and he is in us. He's given us life from his life and his very own spirit also. We've seen ourselves and continue to state openly the Father sent his son. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is son participates continually in an intimate relationship with God. We, uh, we know it so well. We've embraced heart and soul. This love comes from God. This is why it's impossible. He says, listen, unless you're intimately relating with God, that love's never going to flow through you. It's never. It's, it's never. Listen, if, if you want to think on something this week, go and take those verses and think on them. 
I would love to spend hours breaking this apart, but you need to think on what John's saying to us right here. Starts to wrap it up in verses 17 and 18, and he reminds us again that God is love. That God is love. He says, when we take up permanent residence in love, we live in God, and God lives in us. This way, love has a run of the house in our lives and becomes at home and mature and mature mature in us listen we think maturity is knowledge i know stuff about god but john doesn't say this when you know everything about love you grow mature he says when love is fully enveloped in you then you grow mature listen to this i i know you don't i i don't like this i hate the apostle john when i'm reading this and i don't want to love on people but he says, when maturity of faith comes a part of your life, love is the outworking that's in you. And he goes on further and he says, listen, when love have its full action in your life, read this further, he says, fear is removed. And he says, perfect love casts out fear. Listen, we live in a fear-filled society because society doesn't know love. Listen, people get involved in relationships that aren't godly, life-giving relationships and the outcome is brokenness. I watch it every day in Anala. The outcome is brokenness and people turn to me and uh, if, I, if I don't, you know, what if I never, what? Fear. Fear driving people into relationships today. When we're trusting, when we're loving, I know this. When I started to trust God, love God and open my heart to God, a wife came to me and she is the biggest blessing that I've ever received in my life. 25 years of marriage of a beautiful, incredible woman. Listen, before that, it was fear and trying to find. If you ask Pastor Wendy, I know she would reiterate the same. She found God. She encountered him. And she got the greatest thing ever in her life. He says this, if you're living in fear, love's not fully formed in your life. Fear destroys us. It destroys future. Fear destroys the picture of what God has for us. And this is why it's such a tough job to love. He goes on in verse 19. Let me wrap up. He says, We, though, are going to love. Love and be loved. First we were loved. Now we loved because he first loved us. Have you seen the journey here? We love because he loved us. And now we love him. And now we love others. Listen, the work of the cross for your life and the engagement of God in love for you is what brings us to the fullness of love and the ability to take a hold of the toughest job that exists in loving others, loving our community, loving people that are sometimes very difficult to love. We're able to do it because we're empowered by His love in us. Deuce and I are having lunch and we're talking about this, talking about love and the challenge that exists through this exists in our lives, exists in our friendship groups, exists in family life. John wraps it all up. He says, if we boast that we love God, but we go on hating others, we're liars and love's not really in us. Hey, the toughest job that exists today, the toughest job that we can ever have is loving this community, loving people in our world, loving your workmate, Loving the person sometimes that you live with. 
loving those that are close to your world, loving those that are distant from your world, loving those that irritate you, loving those you're related to, loving those you sit next to in school, loving those you sit next to in your work environment. It's trying to love. It's not easy. In fact, it's the toughest job without empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He loved us. We're going to love. Hey, you need to be loved by him first. If you carry fear, if you're worried about all of that, let his love envelop your life. Can I leave you with a prayer? A prayer that became a part of my world long ago. It's a prayer of stopping and saying, God, show me love. Help me to understand love. Reveal to me love. God, I'm fearing. What's my future? Show me love. Your love. Your love that opens my future. Your love that opens my life. Your love that shows me that I can trust you for a life partner. Your love that shows me that I can trust you for for my next steps in my journey. The love that shows me that you are never leaving me, never forsaking me. The love that shows me that every step of my journey, I, I don't have to impress people. I don't have to dress the way people want me to. I don't have to act the way, live the way, speak the way, walk the way. But Jesus, I can trust you because you love me and I can love others and walk into a journey of love. Jesus, show me love. Reveal love to me. Reveal it in my life. Come on, let's pray as we close here tonight. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for your great love. Your great love. Your great, great love. Jesus, we are sometimes so confused in this day and age, so confused in what the world tries to tell us about love, so confused in what we've seen in our families about love, so confused in what we see all around us and trying to grapple with this concept. But Jesus, we know we need to encounter you and we need to encounter the love that comes through you. Jesus, in this moment tonight, young, mature, whoever we are in this room, we stop with the same prayer. Keep revealing love to us. As John said, when that love's revealed, love will flow through us. Jesus, sometimes it's so difficult to love those around us. So tough. Jesus, there are people in every one of our worlds that press our buttons, that annoy us, frustrate us. And to engage them with a heart that says, I want to favour you before me is so difficult. But Jesus, I pray for all of us. As individuals, as church community, you teach us how to do this. In our worlds, in our schools, in our university classes, in our, in our work environments, we can learn how to love and engage with people so powerfully. Jesus, because you did this to me, Paul said, while I was yet in my sin, while I was yet so broken, Jesus, you did that to me. Thank you. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.